What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, having real honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm Brett, and I am super excited today to be joined by Ashley. Hey, friends. And our friend Erica. Hey there. And we're doing something a little bit different this time. Normally, we're all sitting around the table having these conversations with microphones in our faces. But today, our friend Erica is coming from the wonderful state of where, Erica? I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minneapolis, Minnesota, which my guess was 937 miles away from us. I'm just going to have to look that up later, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even know how to guess. What's your, what is your guess? <laughs> it's, it's, you know. No, you have to make a guess. Okay. Um, I'm going to say it's 1,213. Okay, 1,213. There we go. Nice. Erica, now you have to guess because we have to have a winner. Okay, I'm going to say that it is 907. All right, and by the power of editing magic, we have an answer, and it is 1,127 <gasps> miles. Less than 100 oh. miles. Way to go. <laughs> Ashley was Good the job, least confident. Ashley. Thank you so much. She nailed it. <laughs> I like to win. <laughs> so, Erica, what do you do up there in Minneapolis, Minnesota? Sure. In Minneapolis, Minnesota, that's where our headquarters is for YouthWorks. And we are a youth missions organization, and we do mission trips for teenagers. Very cool. How long have you done that? Um, I am actually in my 20th year full-time. Holy smokes. So what what is your role at YouthWorks? Um, So I'm the executive director, um, and I didn't start as the executive director. I've done (laughs) a lot of different things at YouthWorks, but have loved the organization so much that I've stuck with it. And all these years later, became the executive director. So it's been fun. Very cool. Awesome. Well, today on Rethinking Youth Ministry, we're going to be discussing the question, what do we do now for our 2019 mission trips? So we're going to be getting practical. We're going to be talking through some pretty specific things of what it looks like now. If we've got something planned for the summer, a mission trip over the summer, what can we be doing now in order to help make that successful? I like this. Awesome. Okay. So I know that one of the tensions that as a former youth pastor and someone who just lives in the youth ministry space that we feel is that summers are exhausting. Whew. And so mm-hmm. we've got whether I feel like it's, we need a moment of silence yeah, for that. <laughs> man. For so, all the youth pastors out yeah. there. Yeah, and when we're recording this right now, it's 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 early August. So we're just coming out of summer youth ministry season where, as you know, if you're listening to this, there's camps and there's retreats, there's mission trips, there's events, there's all these different things that are that are going on. And so often, I know in my experience, I come out of summer, I'm too exhausted after my mission trip to really debrief it very well. And then before I know it, falls in full speed and then Christmas comes and then it's like January and it's like, I should probably plan something for our mission trip in the summer. And then parents get information late. It's just bad, Ashley. It's funny you say that. I was just talking to my friend Heather Fleece when I was up in Minnesota visiting. And she was saying how she got back from her mission trip Saturday night with her students. And then Sunday morning had to be at service. And then Sunday afternoon, she had a parent meeting. And then she was moving her, I I can't remember what the next event was. That was like the weekly or monthly event. And I just sat there Uh listening to her thinking, yeah, this this is what you 
pastors experience. So I'm sure, you know, even hearing about planning for next year's mission trip, they're like, I literally am on IT. <laughs> I don't have anything to give. <laughs> Because yeah. I've got holidays before then. I've got winter camp, summer camp. I've got graduation. I've got yeah. all kinds of things. Yeah. And not only that, as I've talked to a few pastors recently, they're saying not only are we busy, but our kids are busy. There's yeah. a ton of things that are vying for their attention, like family vacation. And so even choosing the right week or when can we go do a mission trip even has become a challenge. Yeah. So let's start with kind of some general things. So when it comes to mission trips and planning mission trips and doing everything that we need to do beforehand to make them successful, impactful, all of those things we want them to be. So what would you guys say might be three of the top things that youth leaders should be doing before trips that we tend not to do that would that would have a big impact, that would make it a better experience? Good question. That's a great question. Um, So one of the things that I would say that falls through as trip leaders plan a trip and they've decided where they're going to go, they kind of get ahead of themselves and they forget about the preparation pieces. Hmm. And preparation for a mission trip is so crucial, not just for um, the leader and the youth pastor, but it's really crucial so that they can prepare for the community that they're going to serve. And I often think of leaders getting super excited about what are we going to do in this place and how are we going to serve? And sometimes I think youth leaders forget to think through how can we actually learn about the people and the place Hmm. that we're going to serve ahead of time. And so we really encourage uh, leaders to make that preparation really key. I think that's so smart, Erica. And I feel like I've learned that lesson that there's a lot of prep work that has to be done before you even have a team of students who's going on the trip. Hmm. Like when it comes to relationship, like a lot of legwork that needs to be laid as a foundation before you even bring students into the equation. Yeah. There are so many rich cultural aspects of a community that I think will, when students understand those things better and more deeply, they walk in with a different perspective already of the people. And I actually think they gain more from an experience when they understand the history of a place and they understand why are some of the the, the issues that we're seeing? Why do those exist here? Yeah. And then it helps us to come alongside of a community better and, when we get there. And so much of that has to start with us as the leader, because if we're going into the mission trip as what's going to be the most fun for my group or what can we do? What can we get out of this? Then that sets the completely wrong tone across the board and the students are going to pick up on something like that. Mm -hmm. But if the way that we talk about the trip, the way that we promote the trip, the way that we prepare them for the trip is focused specifically, like you're saying around that culture, the impact that we can have in that culture if we do these pieces, the, the the things we might need to be sensitive about that otherwise we wouldn't really think about because where we're going, we're trying to have an influence and an impact on what they're doing. Well, and I think that some of the most impactful pieces of a mission trip are how the leaders can help students process. And I know for me, I've been on mission trips where I didn't know the community or the culture or the country or whatever that I was going to. It was so hard to do a good job leading my students in conversation because I didn't know the answer to things either, or I didn't even know what to ask. And so I felt like as I started to learn about the culture or the community that I was serving in, I was 
a better youth leader mm-hmm. to my students. And I was able to help them process, which in turn helped them get more out of the experience. Yeah, absolutely. And when you think about why teenagers want to go on a mission trip, it's a lot about, well, what am, what do I get to do for these people? Right. And how do I get to serve? And at the end, teenagers want to leave feeling the best that they can about what they did. And oftentimes what this does is it kind of puts everybody on an equal playing field by saying, hey, not only are we going to tell you about the, the richness of this community, we're going to talk to you about some of the assets that this community has as well. Um, and it, it kind of just sets that, that level playing field where, oh, hey, I actually have a, a level of brokenness myself, and I'm not just going into this place looking for the brokenness and trying to figure out what's wrong with it so that I can be part of fixing yeah. this place. It's really about if we set them up well, then it's about how we can come alongside of this community and these people. And then we experience a mutual benefit from the mission trip experience and not just a one-sided impact. Yeah. I know for me, one of the things that I I tend to, this is a super kind of simple practical piece, but one of the things that I tended not to do well that was really simple is to get dates in front of families as soon as possible. Mm. Because I know that for (laughs) me, like we talked about, you know, earlier is that you get home, you get running with false stuff, you get moving before you know it, it's almost Christmas. And it when you get dates for a summer trip to families in February, a lot of them have already made plans. They've had other oh, things yeah. they've committed to. Mm-hmm. They've got vacations that they have planned. So trying to, you know, at some point in the in the fall, Erica, in your experience, do you feel like there is kind of a sweet spot date of like, hey, this is how many months in advance of a trip you should be getting to families? Yeah. Well, actually, the interesting thing is, so we've already opened up our season for all of our sites for 2019, and we are already 3,000 plus teenagers full for summer 2019. So you have those youth pastors who literally are on the ball, and they're (laughs) thinking, we finished our mission trip in July. It's it's August 1st. We're booking because we want to make sure that we've got our plan set. Um, And I would say actually it depends on the type of experience you're looking for. If you're going international, likely you're planning a mission trip a year in advance. And that's smart because there's a lot of preparation that that takes place that's really different than a domestic trip. Um, Passports and paperwork and documentation and all those kind of things that have to happen. Um, But I would say about a nine, nine months in advance works for a domestic trip. We know that teenagers are fighting a busy schedule and youth leaders are trying to figure out what they're going to do next in the sequence of their ministry. So sometimes it's important to plan in advance and get that date out uh, for kids to, to value it and see and, and mm. make a commitment early to a mission trip experience during the summer. I think for me, um, I like to give a minimum of six months for the family to prepare for it. But I think that, as I said, there's a lot of prep work that has to happen before you even invite families into it. So let's say uh, a youth ministry is going on the trip in June. You back up to what, like December-ish? 
right? But that's like holiday season. So that's not a great time to start talking about mission trips. So you back it up a little bit more, right? Plus you want, you don't want to do it after Christmas because students can use Christmas as an opportunity to say like, would you want to be part of what I want to do this year? Like for Christmas, I don't want Mm -hmm. gifts. I would rather you just donate money to my mission trip experience or something like that. And so I like to back it up to almost like a October, November timeframe, which gives, even though you're planning the trip before that, you're really planning it on the heels of when you end the trip, which is what's so hard because you're exhausted and have no time to think about it. (laughs) But um, I feel like launching in around that time of year, October, November time, I feel like that is the latest you should be telling families about a trip for that upcoming summer. In my humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. That's a good timeline. Okay. So what are some other things that, that we should be doing before a trip that maybe we don't think about or we tend to forget? An additional thing I would say would to have youth leaders think about what's going to happen during the trip experience and really plan for maximizing the experience. I think oftentimes a leader gets there, they get busy with the logistics and the details of, and literally the busyness of serving or in serving, and they forget to take moments to stop and the process with their teenagers, what they're experiencing. And some of that actually takes some work on the front end to think through intentionally of what questions are we going to ask our teenagers tonight? And, you know, and they can be basic things like, how are you seeing God move um, in this community? Or how are you seeing God in your peers? Um, And what are you being surprised by? It's kind of thinking through some some a series of questions that can help teenagers not just be in the experience, but process the experience yeah. while they're there. Oh, I love that. Help yeah. your students not just be in the experience, but process the experience. Yeah. Everybody should write that down. And then finally, I would say that the next thing that leaders should think through is then the after trip stuff. Because you've prepared for it, you've planned it, you've executed it, all logistics went great, you were on it, you processed it, your kids got something out of it. But then there's the now what? And how are we going to take this experience and how are we going to make this more than just about a one-time stop? And it's really about this ongoing faith formation that happens with teenagers through a mission trip experience. And if we don't take the time to prepare and process um, the after the trip uh, and how we're going to engage them in the continued um, learning that they can take away from that, then we kind of missed it. And it was truly just this one-time thing. It's so cool. I get to talk to a number of students and youth pastors after their their mission trip experiences. And the thing that I love hearing is what teenagers are asking. Um, and they're hmm. saying things like, how can we go serve senior citizens in our own community? Because that's actually really simple. Mm-hmm. And we did that on a mission trip and it took me outside of my comfort zone, but that's an ongoing way that we can continue to serve together at home. Yeah. Or how can we work with kids at home in our home church or within our community? Um, and so it's really kind of maximizing it after you've done the during the trip, but the after the trip experiences as 
well so that you can have that ongoing yeah. development. I know for me, that was always one of my greatest fears in youth ministry is that we do this big mission trip, we do this retreat, we do this convention, what whatever it is, and it's all just going to stay there. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have a great time and it's going to be a great memory for them. But is it going to be a catalyst for their faith? Is it going to be something that really pushes them forward in their faith? And so much of what that trip ends up being hinges on how we do in the follow-up process, how we help them process it, not just there, but continue to process it once we get back. Yeah. I was going to say one of the things that I think we can do better in youth ministry is instead of you know, approaching mission trips as a two month crash course logistics mashup, (laughs) um, stretching out the, the amount of prep that goes into it over a 12 month period. Like instead of it being like, Oh, it's time to start planning the mission trip. It's more like every month, what's on my plate that I should be focusing on or working on when it comes to the mission trip experience. Because Erica, as you said, the the pre-trip stuff, the on-trip and the post-trip stuff is all really, really important. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times, and I learned this because I made this mistake so many times, um, when you don't approach a mission trip as a 12-month experience, you lose momentum because you allow the ball to be dropped. And instead of using the momentum coming out of a trip and helping leverage students with their platform to use their voice or translate what they experience into their normal life, like you mentioned, Erica, we kind of move on to the next thing. And what happens is we have to mm-hmm. create momentum from scratch every single year instead of using the life change that happened on that experience as the catalyst and the launch into the next mission trip season. Yeah. There's no doubt that youth pastors are incredibly busy. Um, And unfortunately, I think sometimes they miss out on on the, the 12 months of the year opportunity because of the logistics and all of the work that it takes to plan a mission trip. And so it's the the details of the paperwork and the fundraising opportunities. And, and we just don't elevate enough the the real in-depth, the ministry that take that, that comes in a mission or comes through a, a mission trip experience or a service opportunity. Hmm. I agree. It's good. All right. Something else. What else should we be doing before a trip? Something else I thought of was the importance of aligning with the rest of your church in mm. in the outreach strategy, whether that's domestic or international. Like, I know there are a lot of churches out there where the youth ministry wants to do something totally separate than the rest of the church. They're like, we want this to be the youth ministry experience, which there's nothing wrong with that mindset. That's one side. And the other side is, is well, we want to do something so that students can carry this experience more than just when they're in student ministry. Like they can stay involved and they can see how God's being faithful in this partnership rather than just it being about that week of the trip. And so yeah. my challenge would be to talk to whoever it is that's in, in overseeing your outreach strategy and finding out who are our partners already in communities. Or if I'm interested in forming a new partnership, how can the rest of the church come alongside that and we create an experience where kids can see the longevity of the partnership? Mm. 
And also, um, I'd encourage people to consider uh, an organization like YouthWorks, like Erica is leading, because, you know, her organization, how many employees do you have, Erica? During the summer, we have over 250. Oh, wow. What about year-round? Year-round, there's about 30 of us full-time. Okay. So that's a lot of full-time staff members year-round who are thinking about Mm. the the partnerships and the mission trip experience. And I think what I love so much about what YouthWorks and organizations like YouthWorks do is they invest in the relationship year Mm. round and they're working to do Mm. the things that anybody can do, all the logistics, all the things so that you as a youth pastor, when that trip comes around or those training meetings come around, you can do what only you can do, which is the relationships with the kids and the parents and the prep work and all of that, which is what we say about curriculum. Exactly. It's the same, it's the same idea. So I'd encourage people to consider that so that, you know, youth pastors who are spread so thin as it is can use the little energy and time they have to do what they can do. Yeah. So Erica, what are some other benefits that you've seen for youth leaders to use somebody like YouthWorks to, to help them play in something like this? Yeah, I, I have to say that this is probably one of the most, one of my most favorite things about what we do is we value the relationship between the youth leader and the student. Hmm. And we acknowledge from the very beginning that our, our staff, our summer staff, us as an organization, we're not the ones who are going home with these teenagers. And so we want to elevate the relationship between these two as often and as best as we can through this experience. And so by taking care of the details, by making sure that you've got service to do, that making sure that your food is taken care of and that where you're going to sleep is taken care of and even what you're going to do for fun is taken care of Hmm. Um, because we want to make sure that we're setting up opportunities for youth pastors to to literally walk alongside their youth through this experience. There's something unique um, and something that I would say is holy that happens when a teenager gets to serve alongside of their youth pastor and their youth pastor gets to serve alongside of their students. And it is this engagement where you're experiencing the same thing and you're seeing the same thing. And though God might be working in your lives in different ways, it's a shared experience that you can't recreate. Yeah. And so we want to take care of all of those details. And there's multiple organizations like YouthWorks who do that same thing. Uh, where we're taking care of those details so that the, the relationship can be elevated. Um, they have a long-lasting impact um, on the ministry that youth pastors do all year round. Love that. All right, so it's September, and I'm a youth leader, and I'm sitting at my desk, I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking, all right, so what? what's my next step? So what are some of the first steps that you would say, hey, I want to do a mission trip. Maybe I've started a little bit. Maybe I haven't started at all. What would be some of the first steps you guys would say to take? Well, I would say if you're if you're not planning your own mission trip, um, then find an organization that you can partner with mm-hmm. and give them a call. At YouthWorks, we have um, a customer service department and a team that works with youth pastors that can tell you all about the various communities that we serve alongside of, um, and they can help 
people discern if they want to work in an urban city, if they want to work in a small town, and really figure out the best type of service experience uh, for your group. And so kind of the time to make that call (laughs) to get um, to get the the ball rolling um, on what the summer plans are. Very cool. I would also say check out our show notes at rethinkingym.org because there is a free resource available for you. Um, It's actually a 12-month mission trip annual timeline, um, and it actually picks up in the August-September timeframe, which is on the heels of your mission trip season and Mm -hmm. how you can use that momentum to launch into the next season and kind of start thinking through what are all the conversations I should be having, things that I need to get in place so that I can extend the the crash course of preparation to yeah. a whole year and maximize the impact. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, I, I saw that timeline and it's such a helpful resource for youth pastors to use in setting up the timeline. And, you know, finding it resources that are not just going to help you take care of the details, but also figuring out um, what you need to do with parents and how you bring them into the into yeah. the loop on this experience. And then how do you uh, recruit your volunteer leaders and get them up to speed? And then how you prepare your youth. And um, at YouthWorks, if you follow our blog, um, we put out resources on a weekly basis also that help leaders figure out, okay, I'm this far ahead of my trip. How do I how do I work with my students on this aspect? And then, you know, once I'm done with the trip, how do I recover and how do I help my students get the best out of it? So um, you can check out the works blog as well. Awesome. So we know heading into fall, (laughs) September, it's a crazy time in youth ministry, but there are some small things that you can start doing now that are going to pay big dividends when next summer comes along and you've got a mission trip going on. So we want to encourage you to check out YouthWorks, check out this resource, rethinkingym.org, what it looks like to plan a year out for what's going on. Okay. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Well, you know, who knows? Maybe someday YouthWorks in Orange can partner up to figure out a way to uh, provide a solution for youth pastors on what you do for service uh, for your kids, whether that be for your youth group or small groups or how to engage your parents in serving alongside of kids. Maybe we'll come up with something one day. Yeah, that would be fun. I mean, that is a big piece of what, you know, we talk about a lot, you know, that students aren't going to feel significant until you give them something significant to do. We talk a lot about that kind of inside a a, a weekly, you know, regular basis, but that absolutely applies also to these out of the house, out of the, you know, out of your comfort zone, whether that's domestically, whether that's internationally, it absolutely applies to those situations too. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So who knows? Maybe something like that will happen. That would be awesome. Well, ladies, thank you so much. And thank you all for listening, for hanging out with us for Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast through your podcast app, leave us a review. And to learn more about what Erica does and YouthWorks, check out youthworks.org, or you can visit us at rethinkingym.org for a link to their website, show notes, and the awesome resource that Ashley talked about a little bit earlier. So until next time, we hope you have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you later.